0: what's up divers welcome into the deep dive fantasy football podcast where i take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles i'm your host brandon gabor and before we get started remember you can follow me on my main platform being twitter at deep dive ff instagram at deep dive fantasy football youtube at deep dive fantasy football even tiktok at deep dive ff And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, Divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We got a good one today. We really do. We've got the Cowboys. We've got the hotly debated Ezekiel Elliott. Does he still have it? Does he still have it? We've got Dak Prescott, who was on pace for ridiculous numbers. Last year, before he got injured, and we've got the trifecta of wide receivers, plenty to talk about. And initially, I thought this team was going to be pretty easy to go over because, as we're about to talk about, the personnel changes were very minimal. But because of the fact that Dak Prescott played four and a half games, and then after that, it all went to crap, it was actually kind of a headache projecting this team. But I'm very happy with the results that we ended up with so with all of that said let's start with the personnel changes for the Dallas Cowboys first off they've got Dak back healthy obviously that is the most important thing but that is not the only thing that is now healthy that was hurt before and that is the offensive line I'm talking about they are now healthy and they are back to business sixth ranked offensive line in the league by PFF They had Sean Lee, the linebacker, retire, which you would think it's a big loss because Sean Lee was always really good when he was on the field. That was the problem. He never was. So really not sure how much of a loss that is. They did replace him, though, or at least draft another person at the same position in Micah Parsons in the first round linebacker out of Penn State. They also drafted a corner, Kelvin Joseph, in the second round. That might be a very helpful addition to that pretty weak defense, But outside of that, there's really not much to mention. You've got Dak healthy, you've got the offensive line healthy, and you've got two new guys to the defense. That's pretty much it. That's where we stand. So the biggest thing, the the toughest thing, is figuring out who is Dak's favorite target. And we will be talking about that. But first, let's look over the team. Let's see what PFF has to say. Like I said, sixth-ranked offensive line 27th ranked D line that is not optimal sixth ranked linebacking core but they made sure to note that this linebacking core has a lot of potential because there's a lot of young guys but because of that they could easily not gel not put it all together and end up being much worse than sixth so it's kind of like a high risk medium or high reward medium risk type situation there with the linebackers and then the 31st ranked secondary So this defense is bad, bad. And it makes sense why Dak Prescott had to throw the ball 50 times a game last year before getting hurt. That's not an exaggeration, by the way, literally 50 times a game. He was on pace for 804 pass attempts and 6,760 passing yards. Now only 36 touchdowns. His touchdown rate was very, very low. But those numbers are ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Over the course of the season last year, the Dallas Cowboys passed the ball 60% of the time. But if you just look at the games with Dak Prescott, 60% is already a lot. But if you just look at the games with Prescott, they passed the ball 68% of the time. By far the highest margin in the league. And with the defense not really being much better, they're probably going to have the highest pass rate in the league again, either them or the Bengals. And I'm going to set that split at 62% pass, 38% run this year. So 2% more than their season average last year, 6% lower than what they did with Dak last year. Their plays per game was was also off the charts. 73.5 plays per game last year. I'm reducing that to still what would be among the top in the league at 68.5. That brings them to 1164 total plays, 700. And 21 passes. That's 424 pass attempts per game. Remember, last year, Dak had 50 pass attempts per game. And just for context, Joe Burrow last year had 40 passes per game. And that was over a much longer period of time. So Dak Prescott averaging 42 and a half, just under 42 and a half pass attempts per game is, in my eyes, not unreasonable at all. And that's what I have him at. 42.4 per game. That's 721 pass attempts. It seems ridiculous, but like to rely on what we saw seems ridiculous. But what else are we going to rely on? Dak Prescott was with a new head coach. Now had Ceedee Lamb. Like those are two significant changes, and we only have four games, four and a half games to work with. So, you know, there's some risk. There's some risk in this projection, but that's how I see it, and I th- I feel pretty good about it. I really do. The, the thing that I struggle with the most is the target shares to which wide receiver, how much, who's going to get what, because that is more dangerous to lo- rely upon in a four-game sample size. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But just wanted to also say, if you look at last season as a whole to try and make projections for the Cowboys, I think that's you're doing that you're doing it wrong. Because think about it like this. Last year after Dak Prescott got hurt, they had three different trash quarterbacks that saw the field. You cannot equate that to what the offensive plan would be if Dak was healthy. So that's why I'm really just trying to not pay attention to what happened after Dak got hurt. Now, I'm not completely disregarded. That would be irresponsible, but you know I'm not going to let it hold much weight. So let's talk about Dak. I'm projecting 51 runs, 255 rushing yards, and 3 rushing touchdowns on the ground. That would definitely be the worst of his career, but that's what I expect for two reasons. Why, why would he run as much when he's got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup all together? He's got all three of those guys together. There's much less reason for him to run. Plus, the offensive line is healthier now, so the pocket will break down less. Come on. Come on. Plus... The third thing, or, or second thing, I guess third if you consider the offensive line, is he messed up his ankle. That's what brought him out. He, he's he been struggling. His ankle's not even fully 100% yet. So with that considered, he's not going to be running all over the place on that. And it's probably going to be a mental incapacitator too, not just a physical one. So you got to keep that in mind as well. So that's what I got for Dak definitely rushing less than usual, but he's going to be passing like crazy. Off those 721 pass attempts, let's look at last season's efficiency first. 68% completion percentage. That's very good. At 12.3 yards per completion, that is awesome, but only a 4.1% touchdown rate. Now, if we're just looking at the situation and the context, his efficiency should be similar or better with less passing and CeeDee Lamb not be A rookie in his first four games because that's the cd lamb that dak prescott got to throw the ball to so with a seasoned cd lamb now and not having to pass the ball nearly as much you know the arm can stay fresh you're working off the run game a little bit more it would make sense that he he can at least be as efficient if not more efficient than last year but because of how efficient he was last year it's hard for me to project that so in fact i reduced it a little bit in one category and then I improved it in another. I have the 68% completion percentage, the same. But instead of 12.3 yards per completion, I'm putting it down to 12.1. But that 4.1% touchdown rate, you better know that's going up. You better know that's going up, especially if Elliott starts looking like the Elliott of old. So I put that at 5.1. Now, I reduced his yards per completion. Like I said, raised his touchdown rate. That's what I got for his passing. He's going to ball out for fantasy. Absolutely. He is in my tier one. And what does that mean? If he's in the first tier, right, that doesn't mean I'm taking him number one, but that means I can see the argument for him to be taken number one. If you want to take him as the first quarterback off the board, I wouldn't blame you because he is in that tier with Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. He is right there in that tier with all of them. So let it be known, Dak Prescott, he's going to ball out once again. Now let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. He's the highly debated man. All right, He was getting 90% of the running back carries while Dak Prescott was healthy last year. He's been, honestly, dominating Dallas's carries his entire career. I see him continuing to do so. However, Tony Pollard showed that he was more than capable and deserving of carries. Down the stretch, he started taking more off of Zeke's plate. Zeke had 75% of the carries among running backs, on the season. I'm going to give him 81% of the running back carries this year. So over the course of the season last year, 75%. When Dak was healthy, 90%. So giving him 81% now, that brings him to 317 carries. Zeke, he went serious this offseason. He dropped about 10 pounds. He looks super cut. He's well aware of the criticism. You could tell. He took that criticism into the gym with him. And It's definitely not something he wants to be able to hear about anymore. So he's on a mission to prove everybody wrong, and I think he will be very good again. He had four yards per carry last year, just under that, even when Dak was healthy. It's actually interesting. His efficiency did not get worse once Dak was gone. So it's not like you can point to Zeke and say, hey, his bad season was because Dak Prescott was out and the the defenses were able to focus more on Ezekiel Elliott. Not really. His efficiency was actually the same. But he does have the offensive line healthy. And with Dak being healthy as well, hopefully 100%, all that stuff should gel together. And with him losing weight and probably having a little bit more juice in his first step, he's probably going to be a little bit better. So I'm raising his four yards per carry last year to 44 right below his career average, but a significant improvement, I would say, from last year. The offense should hum, like I was just saying, which means Zeke should be a touchdown beast again. I've got him for 12 rushing touchdowns. He had 15% of the targets from Dak Prescott last year. I was very surprised to see that, because when you think of Zeke, you know he gets used in the receiving game, but you don't think of him as a 15% target share guy. At least those of you that know, like what target shares are good for what positions, you wouldn't really think Zeke is that high, especially with three really good wide receivers. And that's why I don't think it will be that high. It will stay that high. That's only a four-game sample size. Plus, CD Lamb was not targeted all that much yet. It was his first four games. Also, Tony Pollard is going to be more involved in the receiving game now too. So with all of those things considered, I'm dropping Ezekiel Elliott's target share from 15% to 11%. He is in my second tier of running backs. That means that he could be all the way up to RB2 if you want, because my tier one is just Christian McCaffrey all by himself. So Ezekiel Elliott could easily be RB2 in my mind, like I'm not gonna argue with you if you want Ezekiel Elliott as RB2. And he he can go all the way down to like about RB6, I think is where my second tier ends, RB6 or seven. Now let's talk about the wide receivers, right? Because we know Zeke's gonna be great. We know Dak's gonna be great. We know the wide receivers as a whole will be great, but we don't know who to take where. Not, not necessarily, and honestly, after this you still might not know because we only got four games of a sample size to work with, and I'm not following that sample size at all because that would be unfair to CeeDee Lamb because, once again, he was a rookie. So with Dak Prescott last year, let's look at that first. It was four and a half games, right? Amari well, Cooper had 25% of the targets. That's not going to continue. I would bet so much on it. CeeDee Lamb had 14% of the targets. Michael Gallup had 12% of the targets. So clearly, Amari Cooper was dominating the wide receiver share from Dak Prescott. Now, if you look at the entire season last year, including the games that Dak Prescott was hurt and they had all of these different rotational backups in, Amari Cooper had 20% of the targets over the season compared to CeeDee Lamb's 17%, and Michael Gallup's 16%. Andy Dalton and the other backups were a lot better at spreading the ball around. Not saying that this is better um, for the team, but they were a lot more likely to spread the ball around evenly to the wide receivers. So what am I actually going to project? I do think that Amari Cooper is still going to be his favorite target. I don't think 25% is reasonable. I'm putting Amari Cooper at 22%. I have CeeDee Lamb at 19%. He was at 14% with Dak in his first four games. Now he's a seasoned, not, you can't really say seasoned vet, but he's a seasoned sophomore. That kind of has a nice ring to it. He's a seasoned sophomore. CeeDee the seasoned sophomore. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. Um, Anyways, CeeDee Lamb, 19% is what I got him, 3% lower than Amari Cooper. And then Michael Gallup, I have him at 14%, 2% higher than what he was with Dak in the first four games. So... I still think Amari Cooper is going to dominate, but I think CD's is going to be right there, super close to him. And I think Gallup has a, kind of a significant drop-off compared to the other two, which is interesting because a lot of people like to complain. Not complain, but I see a lot of people mention, hey, everyone talks about A.B. as such a good sleeper, the wide receiver three on a team that throws the ball a lot and has a great offense in, in the Buccaneers, and they want to compare it to the Cowboys. Well, it's easy to make a comparison like that Think about it this way. Antonio Brown, he had about a 17, yeah, it might have been even more than that, between 17 and 19% target share from Tom Brady. Michael Gallup had a 12% target share from Dak Prescott last year. Plus, while the Cowboys might throw just as much and will definitely actually throw more than the Bucs, they don't have nearly as many passing touchdowns to go around, and we know how much touchdowns are valuable to fantasy points. So that's another thing to keep in mind. I don't think that Gallup is like some super huge value. I have him a tiny bit higher ranked than where he's being drafted, but it's not like crazy to me. I would much rather have AB pretty much a couple picks in front of Gallup is how the ADP is looking right now. So with that said, that's kind of what we got on the wide receivers. I think CeeDee Lamb's his, his role is going to grow. He's going to be right there next to Amari Cooper. All three of these wide receivers have learned how to line up everywhere. That's what the reports are saying. It should bring more continuity to their games on a weekly basis. I think Michael Gallup will be the most sporadic. He's used deep the most often, so he's going to be the, le- the least reliable on a week-to-week basis of the three and I expect similar efficiency for all these wide receivers as what they had with Dak in those four and a half games. The one thing that scares me, all right, this is probably the only thing that scares me a little bit with these wide receivers, is that they have one of the worst schedules in the NFL, and you can even just look in their division. They play Washington twice. Washington just added William Jackson, a corner I really liked from Cincinnati, and they already had a pretty good defense. Probably the best defense in the league, in fact. The Giants have a really good young defense as well. They added a corner. And the Eagles have Darius Slay. So that division is not going to be kind to wide receivers. Definitely not. Now, I will say, for example, with the Eagles, their second corner is not really anywhere close to Darius Slay. So you would kind of want to say, hey, when they're playing the Eagles, who is Darius Slay going to cover? And that's going to be be the person you stay away from, right? But now, with all of their supposedly with all of their three wide receivers knowing how to go anywhere on the field, Darius Slay's probably not going to shadow somebody from the outside into the slot. He's probably not going to follow them all around in different formations. So, I think it'll be a little bit easier to trust playing a Ceedee Lamb or an Amari Cooper because you're not going to say, "Oh man, Darius Slay's going to be on him the whole game." I don't think that would happen because Kellen Moore would probably be like, "All right, Darius Slay's on Amari, and Amari's on the outside." just an example. If Amari's on the outside and he's on Amari, let's move Amari in the slot, get him onto Gallup for this, you know, this series or or whatever. So I think the fact that they all know their positions, all these different positions and where to line up and how to do it correctly and just be effective is going to help them when it comes to like a superior corner on a team and then like a pretty mediocre second corner. But overall, that division is tough. That division is very tough. So let's talk about the projections. Dak Prescott, 721 pass attempts, 490 completions, 5,932 passing yards. Remember, he was on pace for 6,700-something passing yards last year. With an extra game, I have him projected for eight hundred. 800- Passing yards less than what he was on pace for last year. I have him at 36 passing touchdowns, 51 rushes for 251 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. That puts Dak Prescott at 25 points per game. He is my quarterback five behind Kyler Murray. Ezekiel Elliott, I have him at 19 points per game. He is my RB four behind Austin Eckler. Ezekiel Elliott I have in the receiving category for 79 targets, 62 receptions, 458 receiving yards, and 2 receiving touchdowns, 301 carries, 1,324 yards on the ground, and 12 touchdowns. So 14 touchdowns total, just about 1,800 total yards, so just over 100 yards per game for Ezekiel Elliott. The man is back in business. Amari Cooper I have at 18 points per game. He is right behind Julio Jones. He's my wide receiver 12. I have him at 159 targets, 114 receptions, 1,382 yards, and 9 touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, who's not far off from Amari, I have at 17.3 points per game. He's my wide receiver 15 behind Terry McLaurin. I have him at 137 targets, 97 receptions, 1,313 yards, and 11 touchdowns. I think he's going to be the touchdown leader in this receiving group. Amari Cooper's never been like a double digit huge touchdown guy. CeeDee Lamb had a lot of touchdowns in his rookie year. looked great. You just throw the ball to him. He's going to find a way to get it. Michael Gallup. I have at 11.7 points per game. He's in the wide receiver four range. He's right between Henry Ruggs and Amari Rogers. I have him at 101 targets, 60 receptions, 965 receiving yards, and 7 touchdowns. Touchdowns. That is the Dallas Cowboys for you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Drop a rating, drop a review. I appreciate all the love, all the support. You guys continuously motivate me and your direct messages to me through all the different social media platforms. I just got on TikTok, as you could probably tell from the introduction, from the trailer that I recorded recently. So if you want some like quick 15 second kind of either rankings or advice or whatever, check me out on TikTok. It's at Deep Dive FF. Thank you guys for everything tuning in. Have a good one. Good luck in your leagues. We're almost done with projections. Can't wait. Peace.